1: Hey, guys, what's going on? Jeb here. Happy Monday morning, guys. Over the weekend, Bitcoin dropped a little bit. It's currently trading around $45,700. And in this episode of Coffee and Crypto Live, we are going to be talking about whether or not the Bitcoin drop is going to continue or <clears throat> is this a bear trap trying to trap those little bears who think the market's going to go all the way down to $30,000. I've told you guys before I could see it going down to forty to forty-two. I think we might be very close to the bottom. There are about 15 to 17 different types of bullish RSI divergence, or excuse, me, bullish divergences going on right now, RSI divergences, inflow divergence. There's all kinds of bullish fundamentals right now, but yet the price keeps going down. Hence the central question of this stream, is Bitcoin about to drop farther or is it finally going to respect all of those on-chain and fundamental metrics that say we should be about to have a massive, massive rally? We got a great show lined up for you today, guys. We got a lot of content to jump into, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce my co-host. I am joined as always by Mr. T.A. Tim himself. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing all right. Right. It is It's been a good morning so
2: far. Got a good workout in. I'm Boom. here. I'm feeling a little tired, but hopefully the energy you picks do? up over the course of the show, you know. What workout did you do? We uh squats, just some, some heavy squats, squats there you go. and then did some like individual leg movement stuff just well, to improving that.
1: There you go. Well, let's go to his gym
0: buddy. Smay, how you doing? uh i'm doing pretty good i also worked out a little bit today um i have coffee for coffee and crypto that's something that's a that's a
1: first in a while i'm i'm sad first in a while
0: but <laughs> i would like to uh take this moment to say merry christmas to everybody happy holidays Yay. for you guys who don't celebrate christmas i love you guys and i'm gonna shout out members i'm gonna shout out first of all jeffrey fritz let's go Thank jeffrey so much fritz. You're awesome the bitcoinologist And Tom Wilkes, you guys are the best.
1: We love you guys. You guys are the lifeblood of this channel, and we appreciate you guys very much. Shout out to all of our members. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in and choosing to support the channel. I do also want to introduce the Research Bench. We have a guest who we have not seen in a while, Mr. Caleb. How are you doing, Caleb? Doing really well.
3: I also worked out this morning with Tim and uh, Smey. Had a great time, for sure.
1: There you go. For anyone who's been watching the show for a while, Caleb was on the show about nine months ago. Caleb is Tim's brother, and you are the tight end for University of Rhode Island. Is that right?
3: That is correct. Yes, I just uh, achieved first team all conference. Hey, all
1: right, man. I have no idea what that means, but that sounds pretty cool. Sports ball. But we're also joined, as always, by Kelly. How you doing, Kelly?
4: Uh, I'm doing excellent, man. I'm just, as always, I'm just excited to be here. And uh, there's so much that we got we got in store for the show today. So let's, let's jump into it, baby.
1: Good deal, guys. We got a great show lined up for you. Let's go ahead and jump onto CoinMarketCap. We're going to dive right into it, guys. Bitcoin has been down over the weekend. It is currently down 3.47%. Over the last 24 hours, and the altcoin market has followed. Ethereum's down 4.5%. Binance Coin down 5%. Tether down a measly 0.05%. Come on, Tether. We are down 8.3% on Solana. Cardano's down 6%. We're actually going to be looking at Cardano here in about two minutes. XRP is becoming a stable coin as it has been for the last little while, and Terra Lunar, it is well actually a stable coin project, so it hasn't moved all that much. Avalanche is down 9%, which I'm kind of sad for because I was doing really well in my Avalanche. I probably should have sold a little bit up there, but you know, I, I'm more of a hodler than I am a swing trader at this point. But overall, the top 10 is down over the last 24 hours. And look, guys, as far as why that is going on, I think the main reason that the top 10 is negative and has been negative for the last two or three weeks is quite frankly. Whenever the market goes down, people lose interest, and when people lose interest, they stop buying, and when they stop buying, the market goes down, and it's a cycle, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now. But the thing is, once the market gets low enough, then enough of the whales and enough of the retail and enough of the dolphins, the people with, you know, 10 to 50 Bitcoin are going to say, okay, I don't think we're going to go any lower, and they're going to buy the dip. They're not going to trip. They're going to buy the dip, and they're going to eat it with some Ruffles chips. As the song goes, we were singing that this morning. Drop a one in chat if you get that reference. But the point is here, people are going to buy Bitcoin, and they're going to buy these altcoins once they think that they're on a big enough discount. I can't tell you when the public perception is going to feel that way. I couldn't tell you if it's going to be 44,000, 43,000, 42,000, or where we are right now. But that's what we're going to discuss today. I can tell you what the technicals say. I can tell you what the on-chain says. And I can tell you what the news says. But over the last 24 hours, we can see that there are a couple of gainers. Revain, who has had a very, very, very bad week, you can see their chart over here, is up 15% right now. A lot of lot mon- lot of, excuse, uh, uh, lot of volatility in Revain right now, although I would be surprised if you were able to predict it, so it would be a hard one to trade. Yearn Finance is up three, uh, 9%, and we look at the biggest losers. Uh, CRV is down, Compound's down, Waves is down 10%, making waves in the crypto space. Decentraland is down 10%. That's one of the things you guys got to realize about some of these metaverse projects. A lot of people think that Decentraland and Sandbox and some of these other metaverse 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 projects have to do with Facebook's meta and that's not the case they're separate metaverse projects so when I think it was in um Is it late October, early November? October twenty eighth. October twenty eighth. Thank you very much. October twenty eighth. Whenever Facebook came out, rebranded to Meta, all the metaverse projects exploded. But the thing is, Meta, Facebook's Meta, is going to try and overtake those projects. So it's just been a very interesting thing the last two months to watch all these metaverse projects. I'm not saying the metaverse is a bad thing. I think 2023 is going to be the year of the metaverse. I think 2022 is going to be the year of blockchain gaming. But I think we do need to be careful about the associations we make. Just because Facebook's Meta is stepping into the metaverse space does not necessarily mean that the rest of these cryptocurrencies that are built around meta are going to do the same. But with that said, let's go ahead and take a look over here at Cardano. I told you guys I would be looking at buying Cardano if it went below a dollar and 20 cents. It is currently teasing me because it's at a dollar and 20.7 cents. It's sitting right above <clears throat> Some very important support that we have discussed over the last couple of weeks here on the channel, right around a dollar and twenty cents. You can see that we have been maintaining support on this level ever since the 10th of December, and we are in a downtrend sitting above a dollar and twenty. I personally think that Cardano is going to end up pushing down to a dollar unless we see a major resurgence in the Bitcoin and Ethereum price. If that doesn't happen, if Bitcoin and Ethereum stay in this boring holding pattern that they've been in for the last two weeks, then Ethereum, then Cardano is probably going to break to the downside. I would say before. Christmas, and we'll probably see a $1.05 to a $1.10 Cardano before the end of the year. But the one thing I will say about Cardano... Is that the long-term technicals? Believe it or not, are actually very bullish. If you take a look here at the RSI, there is very, 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 very slight. And I could, and I, if you argue with me and you say this isn't even RSI divergence, I would hear you. But there is very slight RSI divergence in my opinion on the long-term charts. If we did drop down to a dollar and five cents, it would basically be invalidated. But right now, you can see there's just a tiny, tiny, tiny little downtrend here on the daily chart RSI on Cardano. And if we look at the weekly chart, I actually haven't looked at the weekly chart for RSI divergence, but I have a feeling there's going to be some, and there is. It's even more pronounced, downtrending level of support on the RSI, uptrending level of support here on the candle bodies. This is kind of going to be one of those technical themes of the stream today. There is so much RSI divergence, um, on-chain divergence of multiple kinds going on right now, and all of that tells us that Bitcoin Ethereum and Cardano are finding support and finding strength at higher lows than they were three months ago, which tells us that the market is fundamentally growing and its foundational price is continuing to rise. It's underlying intrinsic value that is perceived to be, uh, continuing to move to the upside. So that is a very, very good thing. Looking down here on the four hourly chart, I want to do a little bit of Lux algo TA here on Cardano. Cause what I can tell you is that we're probably not out of the woods yet on ADA, but I do think we're getting kind of close as far as time is concerned, not necessarily price. Uh, let's see if lux algo wants to low there we go lux algo is in a strong downtrend and has been ever since here the 13th and technically speaking you could say it has been in a strong downtrend ever since all the way up here this is the beautiful thing about lux algo if you go ahead and invent, uh, knock out some of these little um false signals right here then we've actually been in a strong sell signal on lux ever since two dollars and 28 cents and we've been in a strong sell signal that entire time so that's one of the reasons i like lux it helps you to figure out what those trends are doing but looking up at the daily chart You can also see we were very deep into the reversal zone here, and that did not last. Uh, The reversal zone dived, and that means that Cardano at this point could go farther to the downside, and frankly, I think that that is what is likely to take place, and you can also see that we've been in a strong sell signal here ever since $3. If you take a look on on the Lux Algo on, um, on Cardano here, we had a strong buy signal right here that called this entire rally. We had a strong sell signal right here that called this entire dip. This strong buy signal was not valid because the trend catcher didn't turn green. We saw this sell signal call this entire dip. Guys, if you're looking for Lux Algo to do well on any chart, look at the Cardano daily chart. It's really solid over there. But Tim, I want to throw it to you really quickly. What are your thoughts on Cardano? Are you looking to buy any? And will you be joining me if we drop down to a dollar and 10 cents? Oh,
2: absolutely. First of all, both both those uh, both those questions get a resounding yes. I am looking to buy some. I do want to see a breakout before I buy some. And and some people might be like, oh, Tim, why not go ahead and buy right here? Well, it's because. Well, what if we do go down to a dollar? Well, it'll be a a little bit better to buy at a dollar if it goes up to a dollar I'd say the, where I'm comfortable to buy some on the way back up would probably be somewhere in the region of one between 130 and 140 if our Cardano price gets back up above 135 let's call it 135 I think is where I'm kind of sitting uh, that to me is confirmation it's on its way back up so I would go ahead and buy it and I would lose out on some of those profits but we've talked about on the show before the best traders the best ways is to wait for confirmation breakouts what confirmations would you be looking for on the way up? <laughs> Again, 135 for me is, is, a, is a pretty good point. Uh, okay. The reason why is because we have a, a pretty significant little uh, res, piece of resistance right there, but that would also, we're in a descending wedge at the moment. Getting that high up would, to me, be a little bit of a confirmation that we are breaking bullish out of that ascending wedge finally. Uh, you know, if you're looking at the charts, I'm looking at the $8 chart at the moment um, because I was, I was looking at a couple of different ones. I'm it's up. really interesting to see. We, we do have some bearish and bullish RSI divergence forming. Uh, it's weird. If you go to the MACD, we have some both bearish and bullish MACD divergence. We don't talk about that very often on the show, but we have MACD divergence forming as well. That's a good point. But what I'm looking at right here, and this is this is why I think Cardano is about to explode. Is we have been in a downtrend for what is that back three since months. September, September. Yeah. right? We're bouncing our head right now on or bounce your head. Sorry, we're bouncing our, our butt on one hundred and twenty. <laughs> uh, we keep hitting that level, and so there's two arguments to be made there. One, do we keep do we keep retesting that level because we're the bears are trying to break through it and they want to win that, or. B is that where the strong level of support is and this is where the supply is being used up and it's being eaten up and now it's ready for a price rally. I'm in the camp of believing that it's not that we're using that level to break through and go down, we're using that level to rally, use the supply up ready for the demand to go and exceed that supply and then the price will explode. But I am waiting for confirmation. So if we break down, I am waiting for probably uh a dollar and
1: that's a great buying opportunity, but if we break up, I'm waiting for about $1.35 for confirmation. Yeah. To buy. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's actually two buying opportunities, and one comes up on either way of the of the of the flip of the coin. If Cardano drops down to $1.10, I'm gonna buy it because it's so overextended. And if it rallies around $1.35, $1.40 on the four-hourly chart, we're probably gonna have a confirmed uptrend start on Lux Algo. I just showed you that Lux Algo on even the four hourly chart, not just the daily chart, has been bearish and has been in a strong downtrend, confirmed signals, anyway, we're speaking of ever since September, late September. So if we see a confirmed uptrend start on the four hourly chart and I'll say it goes on for three days then I would be buying a bunch of it because I'd say we're probably out of the woods in that camp. By the way guys, if you haven't already hit that like button, we've got 1800 people watching only 250 likes. Let's see if we can't get to 750 likes here in the next two minutes. I very much appreciate when you guys do that. The reason that I ask you guys to hit that like button is because it helps to promote us in the YouTube algorithm. YouTube has a computer network that looks at different things like engagement so whenever you hit the like button, it helps for YouTube to promote us in the algorithm. If you think this content is helpful for you. It might be helpful for someone else who is an analyst in the cryptocurrency space. With that said, let's go ahead and read some super chats and check in with chat. We'll move on into Bitcoin here in about five minutes.
2: Well, that, well I was going to finish up even a chat with Cardano. Someone even pointed out there's very strong VPVR levels at that 120. That's another reason. Oh, and yeah, also, absolutely. Like Jeb just said, you know, there's so many or I don't know. If, you know, Maybe Jeb didn't say this. Maybe I was reading chat. And my brain confuses. <clears> there's a lot of there's so many fundamental things building right now on Cardano. The, the all the projects that are in the test net right now, the the ability for Ethereum projects to be able to be shifting over to Cardano here very very
1: shortly yeah uh there's also eight acts launching when you, pretty soon
2: when you combine all those things that's again why i get into the boat of saying i don't think that that 120 is a level that the bears are working to break through even though they are i think that's a level of showing this is the place we're wasting um the support the, the level of supply so that we get back to
1: i think we're on break 120. supply i think we're on break 120 to be honest with you down. Yep. I That's, think we're gonna break it.
2: And if it does, it's fine. I, j I we'll see. We'll see the next couple of days. Uh let's see, we got a super chat from Mike Markle, who's been a member for two On months screen. now as a Jebe Padawan.
1: Woo, let's go. He Thank just wanted you. to say
2: big week coming.
1: Yeah, it is a big week coming. I think so I think that so Three weeks ago, I said there's probably three, two and a half, two weeks. Anyway, yes, I think it's a big week. I'm not gonna go into all of it. Yeah,
2: uh, Edward Hess just commented saying, "Tim, your growth in TA from the beginning of this year till now is unreal. Heck yeah, keep it up. It really is, man. I, no, it's funny because like I'm, I'm, I'm not usually that much of a like, a, oh, Tim is. The, you know, it is like uh, this is a thing that I'm like super proud of myself. But you know, this is a place where people want to say, oh, is this a shill? This is not. This is CT2A. Like." the course that Jeb created back, he started this course back when he was 18 years old yep. and he's refined it and rebuilt it and reshot it and guess what, guys? We're still working uh, like daily to make it better and better even if you guys don't see it happening daily. Yep. Trust us. Every single day we come to his office not just to produce a YouTube show but to increase our ability to teach you guys how to use yep. things. So if you've been watching for the whole year and you've watched me grow, I'm still wrong from time to time but at least there's a good reason why I got to the conclusions I got to yeah. and that's because of CT2A. If you guys
1: want to learn how to do the technical analysis that we're doing, I try and make it as simple as possible in CT2A. The link is down below.
2: The other thing I, I missed about Mike Markle, so Mike Markle just want to say big week coming, but he also upgraded his membership to Jedi Padawan. So I thought hey, he was a Jedi Padawan. Let's go. He must have been a youngling, right? He was that's a
1: youngling one. then, yeah. So
2: he just upgraded to Jedi Padawan. So. Good
1: deal. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your upgrade and for your comment and everything, Mike. Yeah. Good deal. And then we got, uh, we just coming. read that one. That's right. Edward Hess. Thank you so much for yeah, that, th- Edward Hess. I think that's it. Let me look at chat Uh, If there's
2: anything else that people thought would be really good, because... You know, just in case you guys – if you don't think we read your comments in chat, we read them, and we try to discuss them. We try to bring them up the
1: organically. I literally well, – just so you guys know, while I'm doing the show, I'm trying to also read yeah. every single super ch- – every. sorry, not every single super chat. Every single chat. I have the chat up right now. That's why Smay's not on my screen. So if you ever see me looking down, then that's why. It looks like we do have a super chat. After yeah. we read that, I have a question for you, Tim.
2: Yeah, we have one from Guns and Crypto saying, any thoughts on Star Atlas, the A?" Uh, game on Solana. They just released oh, staking, Star but a huge red flag for me is 100, 120 percent annual return.
1: I want to throw it to. Uh, let's see, Kelly. Do you have a thought on Star Atlas? Have you looked at it at all?
4: I haven't looked at all, even two seconds, at Star Atlas. But what, what what I will say, especially more uh, in regards to the the trepidation around the 120 percent annual return. Well, wh- one of these things that happens, uh, it's almost like a promotional tool. Like whether you're on the Myr Dex or uh, you know uh, doing liquidity pools on other uh, dexes or anything like that. Uh, these large these large basically APRs and APYs and interest rates that you can gain back, they're incentivizing. People People to come in and basically provide liquidity, but also participate in those projects. So I wouldn't necessarily look at that as something that would uh, cause me, you know, any, any trepidation to jump into a project. I, I would, if, if you do, uh, if you do have any red flag on any project ever, take 10 minutes and you should really do this with every project. Take 10 minutes and research the team, try to figure yep. out what they're about, see what kind of community they have. And th- all those, all those things combined, all those powers combined, uh, you know, you'll be Captain Crypto.
1: Well, the thing you guys got to remember, and then we're going to jump back into our TA here. We do have one more super chat. If you don't mind, we're going to hold off on that one until the next. We will read that. Let's go ahead and jump into Bitcoin. But before we do, I do want to uh, quote Warren Buffett, who a lot of people are like, "Ah, Warren Buffett hadn't beat the index in the last 12 years. I don't care what he's done in the last 12 years. In the last 60 years, he's become worth $50 billion. So I'm going to listen to what he says, even if I might disagree with it from time to time. One thing Warren Buffett said about stocks, because obviously he specifies in stocks, not tech stocks, is if you own a stock, you are an owner of that company, literally. And that is a very big responsibility. So if you own a stock, you need to be paying as much attention to what's going on in that company as an owner does. And I would say the same thing is very true about cryptocurrency. If you're investing in a crypto, this is why I don't have a very large portfolio. I mainly 99% of my portfolio is in like seven cryptocurrencies, because if you're in a crypto, you're like an owner of a stock. You are like I don't know what the equivalent would be, a, del- a dev of a cryptocurrency. And you need to know very, very intimately what's going on with that. Don't invest in something that you don't understand. That is one of the cardinal rule. That's one of the cardinals, not doing that as a cardinal sin of investment. So make sure that you are paying close attention to any of the projects that you are in. If you get blindsided, then you probably weren't paying close enough attention. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump on to Bitcoin here and we're going to move into a period of some pretty deep TA on Bitcoin. A couple things have changed over the weekend, not a whole lot. The very first thing I want to jump I want to point out to you guys, a little bit of an educational moment. This actually showed up on Cardano too, but I didn't have time to show you. There was a candlestick yesterday where you guys saw Bitcoin rallied up to $48,352 as of yesterday and then it dropped all the way down and closed at 46,700. This candlestick right here is what is known as a shooting star. It's called a shooting star because you have the body down here and then the shooting star is the wick up here this right here typically will show up at the top of a trend. In fact, when it's down here, it has a different name. It's called an inverse hammer. And this oftentimes will signify to you that the market is, and this is weird, it will signify to you that the market is at its bottom or that the market is about to drop. It can tell you the both things. So you need to take it with a grain of salt and you need to realize that it can tell you two different things. But when it's at the top, let me see if I can find an example over here. They're kind of hard to find. A shooting star on Bitcoin. I believe there was one. If I recall correctly, this is how much I look at the charts. I think I can remember this. There was one back over here. Yes, there we go. That's guys. If you've been looking at charts for as long as I have and remember what a daily candlestick looked like from three and a half years ago, that's how you know you've been doing TA for a while. Anyway, back on the 20th of February, 2018, we saw the can- same candlestick. It was at the top. That's called a shooting star. When it shows up at the bottom, it's called an inverse hammer. A lot of times it can tell you that the bottom is close because it means that the bulls are trying to push to the upside. I wouldn't read it that way in this case. I would read it in the way that's kind of counter to what the majority would say. And I would say, hey, the bears just got wrecked because they tried to push up and they failed. Most analysts would tell you that this is a bullish candlestick because it's showing up at the bottom as an inverse hammer. I actually, based on the way that I'm reading the candlesticks, would say that it's not. But let's go ahead and jump into some longer-term RSI divergence here. First thing to show you guys is here on the daily chart. There is some very long-term bullish RSI divergence. I take that back. I'm actually going to show it to you on the weekly chart. Shows up in both places. On the weekly chart, uh, there is some very obvious bullish RSI divergence showing up right here from our low on the 20th of September. You can see right here, we had a bottom and then a higher low that has formed over the last four weeks. And down here on the RSI, we have been trending to the downside. Now, looking down to the daily chart, there is also some bullish RSI divergence in two different areas. Number one, there is RSI divergence right here between the same exact level. This is basically just the same RSI divergence that we saw on the weekly chart. But now on the daily chart, too, you can see that there is a form of RSI divergence going all the way back here using this bottom right there. The fact is, Bitcoin has been setting higher highs as the RSI has been setting lower highs. And even though we can't draw a perfect trend line to connect all of these, if you just connect these two lows, there is some pretty obvious bullish RSI divergence. Remember, I said one of the themes of this stream, if you will, is going to be divergence. There is so much of it everywhere. If you look down on the four hourly chart and you look at the last couple of days, there has been a. Downtrend in play ever since the 3rd of December, a little over two weeks ago. There is also an uptrending level of support right here on the four-hourly chart. That is bullish RSI divergence, and it tells us that the market should be expecting a rally. And on top of that, while we're on the ch- while we're on the subject of candlestick formations and chart patterns, there is a falling wedge that is forming here on the four-hourly chart for Bitcoin. Falling wedges have a 70% chance of breaking to the upside. So the chart formations right now on Bitcoin are pretty resoundingly bullish. Tim, I want to ask your opinion. What what feeling are you getting about Bitcoin dropping below this level right here around $45,500? Do you think we're going to break bearish out of that falling wedge and invalidate that RSI divergence or is the bottom man?
2: I don't think we're going to have that many candle uh, bodies closing that far. The the thing that's sticking out to me and it, it's just overwhelming and I want to go to my chart. I'm going to Coinbase for a bit because that's why I've been doing a lot of my analysis on my Coinbase chart. The volume on this, last dip has been so low. If you're looking at this volume, and, and I actually, if we really want to go back into it, Jeb, yep. we can show every single time that the volume seems to do this is right before a breakout. On four hour? On uh, you can go on the four hour, you can go on the daily. I, I can just show you in the past every single time that we've been moving sideways, semi down. We wait for the volume to get low on one of the dips and then a spring usually happens and and that goes in line with what Richard Wyckoff talks about which is why you see a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure there's people in chat like that who really love uh, following Richard Wyckoff, they are, I mean he's dead now but they really love following his teachings <laughs> they really love using that to understand what's happening and what's great about his teachings is that even though he has drawn charts and he has examples of what happens, it's not a perfect thing, he admits the, no market ever does the exact same thing but there are indicators, indicators to look for and one of the things that he screams, one of the biggest things to take away from Wyckoff distrib- or a distribution, accumulation, whatever you're doing, is to be looking at what is happening with the vi- the prices and the volume. So I'm going to give you a couple dates I want you to go back and look yeah, at. That's, that's uh, funny. I already have
1: them up. Go uh, for it.
2: You have, you have dates already? I have some. Go ahead and tell me more. All right. So I'm going to show you a couple. I've the first one I'm going to show you is the dip that we had back. It's still 2021, but November 6th. Okay. okay. So this is a four-hour chart. I'm looking at a bit stamp at this one for, for now, but we've been moving sideways ever since. Late October. But if you look at the volume, decrease, 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 and then boom. Watch where the price goes up, and look where the volume seems to be
1: the absolute lowest. Yep. It coincides. Scrolling back a we little bit We also broke further. out of a chart formation at that point, which is what I think we're going to yeah, do in a, the next seven it, days on Good Bitcoin. combo. I mean, it's a good combo. There's two different things confirming it. But, well, that's, well, that makes sense, because chart formations almost always lead to lower volume, and then yeah. once you break out, it comes back. Yes. So it all lines up. The other very, very obvious date is going to
2: be back on the 20th of July. Yep. Uh, So this was back when we broke out of that massive, massive Mm -hmm. accumulation phase that everyone was so convinced that Bitcoin was about to die and we were about to head back down to $10,000. Uh, that was the lowest candles had closed the entire time during that accumulation phase. And yet the volume was at its lowest. It picked up immediately with that rally, but that's one of the things that Richard Wyckoff says to look for is you're getting to a low price level with low volume. Look at the bulls start to buy and watch the volume to grow. That's your confirmation. So that's another date where we saw that happen. It, the truth is we could spend, I don't even want to do any more. Cause we we'll yeah, will
1: briefly show them four more. There are four more examples over here. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. Yeah. Uh, April 19th, 2020, uh, July 15th, 2020, 18th of October, 2020, 18th of December, 2020. Take a look at all of those examples. How to dip. Price moonshot. Why does that happen? Well, I'll explain very briefly. Whenever you see the market going into a drop or even whenever the market is trading sideways after a rally, oftentimes what you'll see is you'll see people that are in profit selling to people that are not in profit and want to enter the space. What does that do? That raises the baseline level of the price because it means that there are not as many people in the cryptocurrency market that are up 100, 200, 300 percent that are at risk of selling. A lot of times people are more likely to sell when they're up 300 percent than when they're down 35 percent. So if everybody's at profit, we talked about a statistic two weeks ago that I cannot get out of my head. Something like 32 million people are in profit right now or 32 million wallets are in profit right now. Nine million are at a loss. That's kind of an unstable circumstance. If you have. You know, four kids on one side of the seesaw and one kid on the other side of the seesaw. Seesaw is probably going to go in the direction of the people that of the four people. That's kind of what we're seeing right now. Those profit, those people that are in profit, what are they going to do? They're going to sell. Those people that are lost, what are they going to do? They're probably going to buy to lower their dollar, their average entry price if we're on a dip. So the fact of the matter is, we want to see people that are in profit selling and Mm -hmm. get more people in the space that can come in at a new baseline level like forty six thousand dollars, so that we can continue to move to the upside. It's a process, guys. This takes time. We've. Watch it happen. I've drawn on my chart before and I'll draw it for you again. Look at all these lows that form on Bitcoin. Every single time we put a major low in place, the next time we set a higher low. Why is that happening? Because people that are in profit are selling to people that want to enter the space and yeah. we're bringing that back down to a more stable equilibrium. And that is how we establish market structure that helps us move to the upside over time.
2: The, the last thing I just want to say, you know, because we're kind of in an educational little phase right here and that's what I love when we do get into the show of not just looking at the chart and telling you what we see, but we explained to you how we see it. You know, as far as the volume of price action, I want to be fair. And this is so you can take this away. And when you're reading the charts, be able to see this for yourself. Go back to every single time that we look at peaks that end up having bearish action come afterwards. Just like when we're going low and low volume with a low price signifies a, a chance to rally and return same thing when the price is getting really high go back and look at the three peaks that we had i mean we can call it four peaks back in early january 2021 the that january spike had massive volume the february spike had massive volume march started to get slower april got really slow We didn't pick volume back up until May when we dipped. So using Wyckoff distribution, but the same principle of look at that price versus volume, we could have been able to tell, hey, the price is rising, but the volume is getting stupid yeah, low. The and, price is about to reverse, and that's
1: actually what I was telling you guys back in January, February, March. Bitcoin was rallying up to forty thousand, then fifty thousand, then sixty thousand, but it was slowing down. When you, whenever you start slowing down, like think about if you throw a ball in the air, like you throw it in the air, and at the at the beginning is basically going straight up. At some point, it starts curving over, and it hits something called the apogee. If you're in rocket science, it hits the top of its curve, and whenever you see it start curving over, oftentimes that's how you know that it's getting close to the top. Is losing its uh, kinetic energy. And the market has this same kind of feel of building up potential energy as you drop and releasing it as kinetic energy when you move to the upside. It's kind of that trampoline effect that we talk about. But with that said, let's go ahead and move on here and let's look at the Bollinger Bands. The fact of the matter is here, we're losing volatility on the Bollinger Bands and we've actually pulled away from the bottom of them. This is interesting for a multitude of reasons. Number one, the fact that we're losing volatility indicates to me that we are establishing solid market structure. It means that instead of having these massive drops like we saw, Bitcoin seems to be finding its uh, a comfortable spot, and I want it to do that. I want Bitcoin to be comfortable down here around 56, uh, 45 to forty six thousand dollars, because when it does that, you know what it does? It builds up V P V R. Whenever it builds up V P V R, we establish support that we can use in the future. Let's just say I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's just say for the benefit of the ar- uh, for the sake of the argument that Bitcoin needed to drop down to thirty four thousand dollars. Well, because we traded sideways over here between thirty and forty thousand dollars for three months, we built up a massive amount of VPVR support. That is now our cushion. That is now literally our support in case we need to have something to hold the market up and we drop. So the longer we trade sideways here between a fi- uh, December 5th and December 20th, here around forty-six dollars to $50,000, the more support we build here and the, solid, uh, the more solid our foundation will be moving forward. So the fact that the Bollinger Bands are constricting and saying we're losing volatility, I would say is a very, very bullish thing. I will encourage you to pay close attention to this middle line on the Bollinger Bands, which is the 20 simple moving average, because this moving average oftentimes will tell you when you're in an uptrend or when you're in a downtrend. Just go ahead and pause my chart and take a look at the last six months, especially starting on May the 12th. When we were in a downtrend, we were predominantly Below this line. When we were in an uptrend, we were predominantly above it, vice versa, and now we're below it. So the fact that we're below it means that we're in a downtrend. If we want to go into an uptrend, we're probably going to want to get above $50,000, which is about that center line right there. But let's go ahead and also take a look at the weekly chart because there's an interesting moving average out here. There's actually two. I'm going to show you two different moving averages. I'm going to show you the 50 simple moving average. First, if you guys don't know the difference between a simple and an exponential moving average, check out the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy. Links down below. There is an entire video in that detailing the differences between SMAs and EMAs, and I break down how they're calculated and all that. So if you want to know how they work, check that out. Links down below. But the simple moving average, the 50 simple moving average, which basically is a year worth of moving averages. Of course, it's not 52. It's 50. It basically tells us that Bitcoin is lower right now than the average price. Price of Bitcoin over the last 50 weeks. That's what a moving average is telling you. And in fact, I'm actually going to change it to 52 so we can see what Bitcoin is doing in regards to the last year. So the last year's average price on Bitcoin for the weekly chart was $47,400. We're currently at $46,200. What does that tell us? Well, one, it tells us that we're probably very close to the bottom because it is extremely rare for Bitcoin to drop below this moving average while it's in a bull market. The only time that we have that I can find in the entire history of the cryptocurrency space in general was during March of last year, and there was a black swan event going on there. So that tells us that we're probably very close to the bottom, but it also tells me... (sighs) That Bitcoin has had a very, very strong year and Bitcoin needs some longer term prolonged sideways movement, which is not a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. Now, the other thing I will mention to you is that the 50 EMA, which is a lot more reactive, a lot more responsive, is actually the one I prefer to look at because I've looked at the 50 EMA a lot on the weekly chart. It is currently still sitting right beneath us. We came down and we tested it over and over and we even closed a couple candlesticks below it. But right now, the 50 EMA, exponential moving average, is much more reactive. What an EMA does is it weights the more recent price data more heavily than the more uh, the older data, which gives it this more snappy, responsive nature. We are currently above it, and it's currently sitting at uh, $45,000. Point being, there is very strong support and historical precedent to say that the bottom for Bitcoin is probably between forty-three dollars to $47,000. I can't tell you the exact price, but I can tell you a range with a certain degree of certainty, and I do think that we are close. With that said, I also want to mention... A couple of things briefly down here on the daily chart. We're going to run through this pretty quick. We are technically speaking bullish on MACD, but technically speaking, whenever you have to say technically speaking, that Mm. probably means that... You know, you want to be careful putting all your stock and your eggs in that basket. We are technically speaking bullish on MACD, but we are very indecisive. So the fact is, I would be careful about all of that. One thing I will mention here, because we mentioned MACD divergence earlier, there is some pretty powerful MACD divergence showing up on the daily chart. Downtrend on the bottoms for MACD, uptrend on the bottoms for price action. In case you thought it was illegal or something for you to look at divergences on MACD, it's not. I promise you're not going to get like slapped on the hand like you're stealing a cookie from the cookie jar if you try. It, it's actually really interesting looking for divergences on things other than RSI, especially if you're an advanced analyst. It is a good idea to go out and look for new ways of doing analysis. MACD divergence is something that, quite frankly, I haven't looked at a whole lot in my career, but I've been looking at it a lot lately, and it's interesting. Oftentimes, it'll tell you something similar to RSI. Now, that's all I have for you guys for the traditional TA, but I do also want to move on here briefly to Market Cipher because it is giving us some very interesting information. Now, Market Cipher is. Oh, gosh. Market Cipher's in a very interesting spot. So, here's the deal with Market Cipher. We are the lowest that we have been on money flow since January 4th of 2020. That is a big deal. Essentially, what that means is that the money that is moving into the cryptocurrency space has slowed down. The money flow is down. You can see that we did have lower money flow back here in May, June, and July but it is actually at the lowest level that it has been in a while. We are also seeing that there are several green dots forming and momentum is gradually moving to the upside, which, by the way, remember what I said, look for divergences in strange places. You might be surprised what you find. There's actually divergence between the bottoms of the price action and the momentum down here on uh, on, uh, on Market Cipher B. I'd have to do some uh, back testing to see if that's actually something you want to pay attention to, but it's just interesting. I figured you might like it. You can also see VWAP is trading sideways right here, indicating that we are, well, trading sideways, not really a signal there, and you can also see that the RSIs are pushing to the downside. Generally speaking, it kind of looks like we're entering a setup on Market Cipher B, but we're not there yet. And we have not seen a curve start on Market Cipher B's money flow. Uh, I want to throw it over to Kelly, though, because I know he uses Cipher quite a bit. What do you make of the speed at which the money flow is dropping? What does that mean?
4: Well, to me, I, I'm, I also am looking at this in correlation uh, with Ethereum. Uh, and we'll be diving into that in a second. But uh, you'll find when we jump onto the Ethereum market cipher that they're just now getting to the point where the money flow is coming down to where it's even touching the zero line, That's true. Uh, let, let alone breaking below it. So that one speaks to the strength of the Ethereum, uh, you know. Uh, chain but but with this money flow coming down this far what i would do in this sort of situation uh is look back uh you know historical sort of analysis looking at the drops back in september but then also in may uh, and see what's the interaction of how that happened because a lot of times uh a lot of money is coming out of the, the not directly out of the crypto market, but it's being uh, siphoned, you know, shuffled between different portfolios, whether it be, you know, into dot or Ethereum or all these other projects while, while, while Bitcoin is looking as weak as it has been Uh, the, the other part of that as well is even myself included, you know, I've been in the crypto game since uh, 2016, 2017. And uh, at this point, you know, I do shuffle between different projects on long-term scales because like right now with Bitcoin, I wouldn't, I know there's so many strong fundamentals that are going, that are going, uh, you know, supporting it right now. And all the, some of the on-chain metrics will show in a bit and, you know, how much exchange inflow or outflows and all this sort of stuff. So I personally feel like right now uh, I would zoom in on either the larger time frame on the weekly, but then also go way deep on the, you know, eight hour, four hour, two hour and see where we can identify where that bottom is, you know, coordinating the money flow also with the, the momentum waves in the RSI.
1: Absolutely. Well, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and move on here into some of our headlines. I'm actually going to jump on over to Kelly's Twitter because he's got a very interesting post over here. We just hit a five-year low of exchange inflow. That sentence should send a shiver down your spine if you are an investor in cryptocurrency. Keep in mind that is also with exponentially more Bitcoin that has been mined. Bull market over? Question I don't think so. Take a look here at this Glassnode chart. Five-year low. We're tied for the bottom down back in July of the amount of Bitcoin flowing into to exchanges extremely extremely low there is virtually no bitcoin flowing into the exchanges just for an example you could see that a lot of people uh, put money on exchange back in what would that be june i want to say bit uh, back on bitcoin here yeah back in june a lot of people put money on exchange right here back in march of last year a lot of people moved it money onto exchange and let's back up in case you don't know what this means and why this is so important Whenever money flows onto exchange, let's just follow the train of logic. What are people doing? They're putting money onto exchange so that they can be ready to sell it. That's what they're doing. Whenever March happened last year, you know why the market dropped so fast? Because of FUD, because people were putting money on exchange and then they were selling it into dollar into stable coins. The fact that there is virtually no money be, um, no bitcoin being put onto exchange right now is that people means that people are hodling. And here's an interesting theory that I have about what's taking place this year during the latter part of last year, let's call it October through February of this year, we had literally probably about 10 to 15 million new people enter the cryptocurrency space. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars came into this ecosystem. And it was very new money. It was very immature money. It was very green money. We saw the same thing happen towards the latter half of 2017. I was part of that new money wave towards the latter half of of 2017. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was a very immature trader and investor. And I was kind of dumb. And I'm actually very glad that I started with, you know, $10 to my name because I would have probably lost any money that I was given. Now I've been in crypto for four and a half years and I know what I'm doing. I would consider myself an expert in the field of technical analysis. The same thing I think is happening right now. I think all the people that got into cryptocurrency a year ago have stayed for the NFTs and the blockchain gaming and the decentralized applications and the smart contracts and the and the lower cap stable coins, and they got in on a Dogecoin or a SafeMoon. And now they've been here for eight months. They've been burned a time or two, and they've matured, and they realize, wait a second, I can make my millions here, but I'm not going to do it by being silly. I'm not going to do it by investing in a Dogecoin. I'm not going to do it by you know, not having the right mindset. I need to think about this properly. And I think what we're seeing is that that 10 to 15 million people that joined a year ago, probably half of them are gone. The other half of the remaining half are probably um, still just kind of casually in crypto. But that still leaves two or three million very mature traders there bringing their uh, money into the ecosystem. And I think that's what we're seeing happen right now. And that's one of those fundamentals that you don't hear talked about, but I think might be one of the biggest reasons why the market is going to be very strong.
4: Jeff,
1: can I make a comment on that
4: as well? Absolutely. I just wanted to make a comment. You know, it would be impressive if if uh, already, if Bitcoin was a stable, it's a direct stable supply and it hadn't changed at all, and we were at a five-year low, that would already be impressive based on the market, but The fact that the volatility is actually coming down in the fact that we have more Bitcoin that's ever been, you know, released, mined, being held by, you know, millions of different people. And even with the exponentially larger amount of Bitcoin that are, you know, that's available on the market uh, or in wallets or just in the ether, there's still with that an exponent, you know, we still hit a five year low of, of what the inflow is, which speaks to the dramatic actually a reduction in the the, the true amount of volatility in the
1: market. Yeah, to double down on that, five years ago or four years ago when I got into crypto mid-2017, there was two and a half million less Bitcoin in the market than there is right now. And of course, you also have to keep in mind the old saying that, you know, well, not the old saying, but the the thing that everybody always talks about that, hey, Bitcoin's always being lost. Have you guys seen that headline? We haven't talked about it on the show, but there's a headline. And after this, we're going to jump into a a segment of intermission um, and read some super chats. There is that uh, story I've been following for about three years. This guy lost a wallet with <laughs> Kelly. You know that story? What was it? 15,000 uh, uh, 15, no, no, 15, Bitcoin, or something think, on it? I think it's over, it's over.
4: It's over. It's nearly five hundred million dollars
1: worth of Bitcoin. Yeah, now. It's, a, it's a half a billion dollar and he, value now. He's been
4: lobbying with his, his whole state or city board and government. He wants to
1: excavate the entire yeah. landfill.
4: I don't blame him. i be. Mean, I, I don't
1: blame him. No, there's different people that are like funding him now. They're, they're like giving him money. They're like, hey, here's two million bucks for some excavation equipment. It's really funny. I watched an interview with them three years ago. Basically, what happened after I said this, we're going to read some super chats. I think he's a British guy. Is he a British guy? Yeah. I think he's British. British. He had a hard drive, and he could have sworn he got all the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency off of it, threw the hard drive away, and now he's like, why did I throw that away? Because there's a half a billion dollars on it. Anyway, let's go ahead and read some super chats. Hopefully, that hasn't happened to anyone here. Make sure to hit that like button, guys. Let's see if we can't get to 1,500 likes. Thank you so much to all 3.6K of you who are watching.
2: Hey, Jeb, can I make one comment about the headlines? Sure. All right. So... (laughs) I I like to look at the headlines like this. I don't know who else does this, but I love for a very simple way to look at headlines, going to CoinMarketCap, clicking on Bitcoin, clicking on the news segment, and then just scrolling all the articles, right? If you do that right now, there are some bearish articles. There are some bullish articles. When you open them up and you look at what the contents are, facts and figures are the bullish articles speculation and analysts' opinions are the bearish articles.
3: <laughs>
2: what is one of the... I mean, those who have been... I've only been in this for a year and some change. Those of you who have been here longer, what traditionally follows a lot of bearish opinion articles? And what traditionally follows a lot of bullish opinion articles? Odd. This is a season of just continuing, continuing. Uh, you we'll know, go back to Richard Wyckoff. Richard Wyckoff talks about this. He says, guess what the institutions are gonna do with the news? When the price is getting to the bottom, they're gonna push bearish articles to get people to FUT out. When the price is moving towards the top and is getting to the peak, they're gonna promote FOMO articles to get people to buy. It's a constant battle of manipulation. This is, we talk about this all the time. When you read these articles, look for facts and figures don't just look at opinions. It's good to know opinions to understand how that person came to that opinion. But at the end of the day, opinions are like farts. Everyone has them and they all stink. That's fair. But so th- you, you have to, you have to what I was going to get with that yeah, is, go ahead. listen to people's opinions, understand how they got to their opinion, take that out of it, spit out the bones, and come to your own opinions. But traditionally, when you're looking at the market and you're looking at facts and figures, we are seeing things line up pile after pile after pile after pile, fundamentally on the technicals and everything else that there's actually a lot of bullish sentiment. And the fact that I'm looking at opinion-based articles being published from bearish people is almost the confirmation that I need. Yeah. I don't even think Bitcoin's price has to go that much
1: lower. reversal at all. signal. Here's the other thing you guys got to re- remember: not so much in cryptocurrency, because I actually uh, uh, in the crypto space, because I actually have quite a lot of respect for most of the publications here in crypto. Um, but in the mainstream media, you guys got to realize these media outlets. Every billionaire has a media outlet, like Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. You know, every one of these billionaire, not every one of them, but a lot of them have these news outlets and if a if a if a if a billionaire wants to buy some bitcoin you know what they're going to do yeah, I'm not saying all of them because I'm, I'm not trying to bash the rich. I think that there's a lot of mis- misconceptions there, but it is possible for somebody to say, okay, go go go, go put some f- some thought articles and, and drop the price, and now I'm going to buy $100 million worth of Bitcoin. That can't happen. I can't tell you for certainty that it has ever happened, but yeah. I can tell you that it is possible. With that said, let's read some, yeah, super, we'll some chats. super Chats. Yeah, uh,
2: we'll do Super Chats. Ali Z Hold said, through. thanks, guys, for all you do. Since we are on the topic of ADX, they asked us a while ago. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Charlie? On what? Charlie, Charlie. so it's... Oh Charlie. oh, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie 3. With the, the, the E on the end is a 3.
1: I'm assuming he's talking about Charles Hoskinson, right?
4: No, Char- Charlie 3... Is it a project? Charlie 3 is a project on the Cardano chain, yeah. uh, and it's it's actually an incredible project. Um, uh, I, I mean if it, I'll actually take it upon myself I'll look at I'll get a I'll put together a lot of good info for it so we can even cool. do do a, uh, a stream on it sometime
1: love to that's yeah. pretty cool love to we actually Kelly and I were talking about 8X yesterday there's some interesting stuff going on 8X we're gonna have to talk about 8X here in the next couple of days <laughs>
4: Yeah, their uh, ADAX is actually, they're scheduled to be releasing, ADAX is scheduled to release their demo, I think, before Christmas. Yep. And then, uh, you know, just like a lot of the Cardano uh, projects right now, anybody that's investing in the Cardano ecosystem, know that if you're if you're feeling impatient with whatever smaller cap coin that you have, a lot of these coins, it's not that they're uh, taking their time, they're being held up also by the release of the Plutus uh, application back end to be fully, fully, you know, full scale release uh, through uh, on the Cardano chain, which is... Cardano's going to explode guys. early early 22 uh, to be every, you know full activation and everything and then it's just going to be like the gates gates released on all those projects from Sunday swap Cardax, uh eight uh, acts Charlie three all, all all of the above so
1: yep. stay tuned absolutely stay tuned for that guys we
2: have a couple of super chats here that I, I don't know we're gonna be able to answer them in detail but we'll if if we have an opinion we'll give a quick answer Carlos C said what do you think of curved best time to buy CRV question mark
1: I have not researched that altcoins I couldn't tell you yeah. like I said guys that it What I mentioned earlier, I... I've, to- I've told you guys many times it is incredibly important that you have a philosophy for trading. You don't need to be jumping ship from, oh, I'm going to be a scalper to, oh, I'm going to be a long-term a uh, uh, swing trader to, oh, I'm going to invest in sta- I'm- stable coins. I'm going to invest in, you know, micro caps. you got to have a philosophy that you need to specialize. There are a hundred different ways to make money in cryptocurrency. Are you specialized in NFTs? Are you specialized in DEXs? Are you specialized in swing trading? Are you specialized in arbitrage, for example? What are you specialized in? My specialization is in... Picking five to ten cryptocurrencies and running with them. That's my specialty. So just so you guys know, I personally am not the encyclopedia on altcoins. I am trying to learn a lot more about them so that I can talk about them to you and look for opportunities. But if I ever say that, that's why. Yeah. Lil
2: Lil Time Mining said, I feel we are due for a, a bump. So that's his first thought. And then thoughts on Gala.
1: Gala. I, so, again, Gala is one that we're actually going to be looking at a little bit later. Gala is an Ethereum token that powers Gala Games. There is a lot going on over there. Uh, what are some of the games over there? You know, it's funny. I was asked about Gala on Around the Blockchain last Monday, and I was, re, I was looking at it for the first time because I recently quit playing video games so that I could focus on YouTube. And then, lo and behold, my job, which is doing cryptocurrency commentary, all of a sudden becomes a gaming conversation. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, great. Now i got to go and learn all about these games again. I look at Gala Games. I'm like, bro, some of these games. I won't spend way too much time on them. <laughs>
4: I saw I saw a graphic uh, earlier this morning. I'll have to find it, but uh, it was showing all the different uh, huge project growth and, and the different metaverse projects and gaming projects. Yeah. And Gallo is like this year is up like forty-eight thousand five hundred percent. It's, it's you know?
1: ridiculous. Yeah. And people are making insane amounts of money over there. People are making like two hundred fifty, three hundred, a thousand bucks a day playing some of those games. I'm forgetting the name of the specific game I'm talking about, mm. but it's like an entrepreneur game which i would i want to play it so i can give you guys some information but you'll never see me again i'll turn to a ho- hobbit and you won't see me for three months if, yeah, I, even, if I get started on all that
4: <laughs> even one of our community brothers crypto vet you know he's, he's yep. uh he's a part of that whole the oh yeah play to
1: uh, earn game dash league boom. which i'll
2: be releasing at some point in the near future so
1: boom there you go i think we got time for one more before we move on to ethereum here
2: uh kooky said can you please share your view on
1: alluvium this is a project I'm following, and would love to hear your view. <laughs> Haven't researched it. No, not sorry, my man. specialty. For not my specialty, my friend. I can talk to you all day about Bitcoin and Ethereum and some of these other ones, but I'm not into the small caps. That's okay that you asked, but just so you know, I might not have an answer for you on all of them. With that said, though, let's go ahead and move on into Ethereum. Here, we got a lot that we need to cover whole lot that we need to cover one of the first things I want to mention to you is that on the weekly chart for ethereum there has been a very long-term uptrend that has been in play ever since March of last year and as of this week and really last week but I would say as of this week we have closed below it we've finally broken this uptrend I remember drawing this uptrend over a year ago I think around October of last year here and extrapolating it now, I was like Can can ethereum really go to four thousand dollars by December of next year and then obviously ethereum goes to $4, thousand dollars by May of, of next year, which was, you know, earlier this year from the perspective. The thing is, guys, you got to keep in mind, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Every uptrend that is um, this aggressive will eventually be broken. It just was going to happen at some point. And the other thing you need to keep in mind is that that uptrend also illuminates that Ethereum was in a rising wedge and is currently trading sideways and slightly breaking out of it. As we talked about earlier, Ethereum is extremely remarkably resilient right now compared to Bitcoin, because of everything that's built on top of it. I'll have to bring this up on another stream, but there is something like a quarter trillion dollars of money locked in different various projects on the Ethereum blockchain. Gala Games is built on it. I mean, you look at all these layer twos. There's so much money in Ethereum, so it makes sense that it is this uh, that it is performing this well. And we've also seen its uh, market dominance continue to increase from eight percent a year ago to where it sits now at 21 percent. It is doing exceptionally well in the long term, but that doesn't mean that it is immune to a total market collapse or collapse drop as we're seeing right now. I don't want to fud you out here by saying a word like that because you got to be very particular about that. People will read into that something that I wasn't trying to say. But let's go ahead and look at the daily. Chart here. We're going to run through some of these technicals pretty quickly here. First thing I want to show you is that the MACD is relatively low here on Mac uh, on daily chart for Ethereum. It is converging bullish. If we do have a bullish cross, this will be w- probably the third to fourth lowest MACD cross we've ever seen. That's a good thing, guys. This means that we're dipping into that overextended territory. That means we're getting into that buying territory. If you're looking to buy Ethereum, you might get a better deal. I'm going to be honest with you. I still think that thirty-three hundred dollars is coming. And le- or excuse me. Uh, yeah, thirty-three hundred bucks is coming to Ethereum to a to an exchange near you, unless Bitcoin has a major rally. But if Bitcoin does rally, then we very well could hold this thirty-eight hundred dollar level that we've talked about for the last month and a half. We've talked about this because it is the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern that was built over here in September and October. So there is an opportunity for us to bottom out here. I personally think we're gonna go a little lower, but time's going to tell on that. Now, continuing on with our um, with our theme of bullish RSI divergence for today, there is bullish RSI divergence showing up on the Ethereum chart. In fact, there's a whole lot of it. There is shorter-term Ethereum RSI divergence showing up on the last month of price action. If you zoom out and look at a longer-term bit of history here, you can see that there is bullish RSI divergence showing up uh, on the, I believe it's out on the weekly chart there is some. We have... uh, No, I take that back. It's not on the weekly chart. But the fact is, there is a lot of RSI divergence showing up down on the daily chart and also in some of the other oscillators here. I believe MACD is an example. You can see that MACD is having some higher lows, and we also had some lower highs up there. So, the issue with... uh, The fact of the matter is there is that Bitcoin and Ethereum are both seeing a lot of bullish RSI divergence that is going to help to push them to the upside. Now, taking a look at the Bollinger Bands here, you can see that these are starting to constrict as well. As you can see from this, we are starting to... To lose volatility around Bitcoin and Ethereum. That is a good thing because it indicates to me that we are getting close to finding a bottom. Not that we're there yet, but it means that we're finding the keyword of stability. We're finding stability around these levels. Ethereum is starting to find, um, A nice groove around $3,800, and Bitcoin's finding one around $45,000. That doesn't mean the bottom's in, but in my opinion, it does mean it's close as far as price is concerned. If you'll remember to a week and a half ago, I said, I think we're close to the bottom, not in time. It's probably going to take a couple of weeks, but I think we're close to the bottom in price. That's what I said when Bitcoin's at $47,000 and when Ethereum was down here around $3,600, and I think that that remains true to this day. Now let's go ahead and take a look here at the volume briefly, and we're going to move on to a little bit of our market cipher. The volume has been pretty stable, but you can see the volume has been dropping quite a bit over the last little while. If we had our EMA here, then it would be curving to the downside. Essentially, what that means is that we are starting to lose some of that trading back and forth, and it means that we're getting close to that bottom, as we talked about a little while ago. But let's go ahead and take a look at uh let's go ahead and take a look here at our Lux Algo, and we're going to look here on the daily one of the first things I want to show you on the daily chart is that we are still in a confirmed downtrend, and we are about to see a bearish cross on the EQ cloud here. That does indicate that we may see a little bit more bearishness to come. And if we do, of course, the top of the reversal zone for the support level of Ethereum is sitting right here above $3,200. That tells us that if we do drop down to $3,200, we will have strong support to help to sustain us. Looking down to the four-hourly chart here, we'll be able to see that we are still under a strong sell signal and we've been under a strong sell signal for a very long time. But we're also starting to see similarly to how the, uh, how, to, how we saw the Bollinger Bands converging on themselves. We're starting to see the reversal zones do the exact same thing. Again, same thing we saw on the daily chart. That is telling us that we are starting to lose volatility and that the market may be starting to find itself a healthy place that it can maintain its price. Now, with that said, we're actually going to look at Gala. You guys talked about it earlier and brought it up. And as I said, it is a blockchain gaming platform and it is one of the larger ones. And it has been in a very interesting pattern over the last couple of months. In fact, right now you could argue that it's in a large descending triangle pattern Here's the thing you have to realize about projects like this guys. Let's go to its price first. Gala is sitting right here around 49, it's sitting at 41 cents and if you look at the all-time, it rallied from, you know, a year ago or even the beginning of this year from less than a tenth of a penny all the way up to nearly a dollar. It had a massive massive rally and there's a couple things I want to point out here. Number 1, it is incredibly important that you're not just thinking about what this year brings and what next year brings, but what the year after next year brings and what the long-term horizon says. Uh, Joel, who was a guest on Around the Blockchain last Monday, said that he thinks that 2022 is going to be the year of blockchain gaming and 2023 is going to be the year of the metaverse. Take a look at CoinMarketCap, what's been exploding the last six months, blockchain gaming and metaverse. He also said, and I agree with this, that 2021 was the year of the NFT. Look back a year ago, what was exploding NFTs? It's important That you look at the future and you see where the markets are going. I think that blockchain gaming is a trillion dollar industry, but I think it's going to take 10 years to get there. But we're in the first real year of the development of that. When people are able to play games that they enjoy and also earn a living on it, you better believe that the gamers are going to jump on over there. And if you thought Twitch streaming was the most profitable way to make money in video games, you ain't seen nothing yet when people are making 40 grand a month playing some of these blockchain games. People have been doing it for the last little while, and I think those returns will go down, but it is something that that you're going to see people do. People are going to go into esports and they're going to play these games and they're going to make a living off of it, not just by being a streamer or buying or by being on a league team. They're going to do it by utilizing blockchain technology, and it is going to lead to a massive influx of um, valuation into the blockchain gaming sector. Let's just take a look here. Gala is currently worth $3 billion. If Gala maintains its um, trajectory as one of the larger blockchain gaming platforms, it could easily be worth $30 billion in the next two to three years. Not even looking at its fundamentals. Assuming this fundamentals maintain themselves even to a small degree and it maintains itself as one of the larger gaming platforms, it is going to do exceptionally well. I'll cite Ethereum to make that point. Ethereum does not have the fastest technology, does not have the fastest times, does not have the lowest gas fees, but it was number one and now everything's built on top of it. One of the things you gotta realize about a lot of these blockchain games, gaming platforms, is that the games are built on that blockchain gaming platform. It's a foundation. It's an infrastructure project the exact same way as Ethereum is, and that's one of the reasons why I think they're so interesting. So as far as Gala's price is concerned, we'll take it back to the price. It is isn't. It is in a descending triangle pattern, and yeah, it might break bearish out of here, but I personally am going to be doing a lot more research into this project. I in no way profess to be an expert on this project. I've just started learning about it in the last two weeks, but if I find it interesting, I might scoop some up because I really do see a lot of potential in that ecosystem. So let's go go ahead and move on into a period of super chats here and we'll spend about five minutes doing that and then we're going to wrap it out with some conclusion i have a very interesting article about millennials and crypto i'm going to bring up to you guys here in a little bit you are not going to want to miss it and we've also got a very bullish statistic on the investment in crypto in 2021 both of these are the kind of things that you're going to repeat at the dinner table at christmas i guarantee you so stay tuned
2: uh yeah we have one from shadrach frost who's been a youngling now for four Mm. months
1: (laughs) shout out to shadrach he's been here every day for a long time
2: Yeah, so he said, Merry Christmas to Jeb and his whole amazing crew. God bless you all, and may the next year bring more love, knowledge, and
1: crypto to us all. Oh, thank you so much. Guys, make sure to go check my Twitter, at CryptoJeb. We're at 41,000 followers now. I'd love to hit 100K in the next six months or so. I actually posted, and it's on our Instagram also, at Crypto Jeb. We posted uh, the picture of the Christmas party, so if you'd like to see our growing team, all 14 of us, and uh, there's actually 16 of us, but only 14 of us were in town, you can go and see the entire team over there, the people that make it happen, more than just me, Smay, and and Tim, and everybody else who's on screen There's a lot of people that make this happen and we really appreciate your support.
2: Uh, Not sure how I feel about this one. Marketing man Shan. So uh, I'm assuming that is our marketing director, Shannon. He says, the crypto beard needs to become the crypto bulb. (laughs) I would love to go bald. <laughs> My wife won't let me. But the whole thing was, there was a thing back in the day that we we said if we got to a certain level of subs by December, by, ge- by no, January it wasn't 1st, December. You said it was if we hit a million subs by March. No, that was the beard thing. That's oh, the beard. Uh, so, yeah. no, th- I'm talking, there's a
1: couple months ago, but I, we didn't 250? Even get 250? So, you guys still have
2: to wonder, it, it, am I bald under this hat?
1: Am I? Is he not? Am I balding? Yeah. It, and it's not, like you know, how like, whenever you watch somebody on a live stream, you're like... Do they have legs? I don't know. I've don't never know. seen them. It's it's the same know. thing.
2: RJ Lee said my investments are Bitcoin, gold, silver, food, and water. Nice.
1: <laughs> that's not <laughs> oh. You know, that's not bad. You know, it's like during during, I almost said it, during the thing that happened last year, you had all these people buying toilet papers. Like, bro, there's like what why are you there's food there's like there's like water there's like gasoline why toilet paper dude just get
0: a bidet am I right guys yeah then you wouldn't
1: have to worry about it there well, you go uh,
0: also can I just say uh, for the people that just saw my tweet that were commenting I'm not currently bald I, I actually have hair that was just an old picture but.
1: he's not going bald I, I sent a picture of bald he did. Tonight. he did used to be bald though
0: did you, have you seen that, Jeb? Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen you.
1: Oh. I don't know if I've seen the specific picture you're talking about, but... Well, oh, yeah, I've seen this picture. Uh, I have okay. seen this picture. Show it. Yeah, I'll show Here, I'll there we go. Twitter. That's a dope sweater. Thank you. I that's still a have cool, it, yeah. That's a, I know you've worn it. That's a cool sweater. Thank you, thank you. Awesome. Well, let's keep going. Yeah, Latour <laughs> didn't sorry. leave any comment, <laughs>
2: but he just wanted to donate, so thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Uh, Damian Moon said, keep crypto beard. Uh, So if you were thinking about cutting me, eh. (laughs) Damian Moon says, keep me. I wasn't. Uh, Striker2099 said, what are your thoughts on Solana and its fake transaction volume, uh, e.g. 80% being consensus messages. Also comments on VCS owning 48%.
1: Solana is one of the projects that I have not invested in yet, so I don't follow it as closely as I do the projects I have invested in. Kelly, do you have any thoughts on that? Have they done, is that, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it's this is one of those touchy sort of coins where I, I absolutely, uh, in, in some respects, love the project, but on the other hand, you know, when you get into the nitty gritty about like a lot of why a lot of us jump into uh, cryptocurrency is- Decentralization. The, is the, yeah, the decentralization and, and Solana is, especially with how they initially rolled out their, their coin releases. Um, it was very, very, very skewed in terms of, you know, uh, centralized ownership. Uh, and so with the consensus messaging back and forth, pumping up the volume, I think I think really what will happen over time is uh, it, different projects have different things that are in the way they process things on change. And, and and they'll have different ways of actually reading to get the most accurate uh, data for each one. I don't think it's a, something that's done to as a, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't think it's done maliciously. Maliciously, yeah. Yeah, I think think it's just, you know, you gauge things differently as they come out and you realize, oh, this doesn't work work with the way this chain works, so then you get different on-chain data. And
1: let's dive into that topic of decentralization a little bit. We got some time here. The thing that you guys have to remember is that cryptocurrency was built... For decentralization. It was not built for digital scarcity. It was not built for making you rich. The reason that cryptocurrency was built was for decentralization. That is the core tenet of what Bitcoin was, because you can have digital scarcity in a centralized ecosystem. I mean, take a look at Uh, Netflix. On Netflix, you are not able to access that content unless you uh, go through the paywall. That is scarce content because you have to pay for it. But here's the problem. It's centralized. So you don't want to invest all of your money in Netflix and give it to them. They have complete ownership over it. You want a decentralized network. So if we go down the path of sacrificing um, decentralization on the altar of transaction speed or on the altar of, You know, more efficient blockchain times or something like that, then what was the last 12 years for? I mean, seriously, think about it. If you build a centralized network, a centralized network is almost always going to be faster. It is almost always going to be faster than a decentralized network. So the temptation is always going to be there to just build a centralized network because many times it'll be faster. Now, decentralized networks are catching up, a proof of stake, but do we really want to go that route? I don't know. I personally don't think so. I much prefer Ethereum to Solana, even though it's slower because it maintains that decentralization. Mm-hmm. Kelly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I have a feeling you have an opinion on that.
4: Yeah, I do. My, my feelings on that are AVAX, baby. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love AVAX way. for that I reason. I love AVAX. Because it,
4: it kind of like gets the best of both worlds, you know, you, yep. uh, in the sense that it's very decentralized, but it, it has, you know, this speed. I, yeah, I think it's even faster. I think it's faster than Solana. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's, it's up there contending with it, and it's— uh, Yeah. But I mean, I I hold both, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, I still use cash money. I still use credit cards, but I also still have a cryptocurrency as well as a large majority of my my own portfolio and life uh, net worth. Uh, But same thing when I'm in crypto, I'm I'm not going to be 100% myopic and say everything has to meet these exact standards. Uh, So I'm also here to make money as well as change the world. So I can kind of, I can kind of, you know, give concessions here and there.
1: Totally. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and read some more super chats. If we have any.
2: Yeah, I think we have one more from Bobby Dials
1: saying, is Hex Colt? That's all all it says. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Let's go ahead and jump into a snapshot on (laughs) Bitcoin here. I just want to kind of wrap out what we're looking at on Bitcoin at the moment and make sure you guys kind of are able to articulate in your mind everything that we said. Bitcoin is in a descending triangle pattern. It has bullish RSI divergence. It's sitting on top of long-term uptrending levels of support. The fundamentals are very strong. We're going to dive into two more examples of that soon. Inflow has slowed down to a record low. We're in an ice age as far as people trying to sell Bitcoin. The volume is low, meaning that the transactional throughput, uh, the, the, the amount of transactions on Bitcoin has gone down very far, meaning that we're finding equal uh, a, a very solid foundation for Bitcoin's price. What does all this mean? Basically, what all of this means is that Bitcoin is working on finding its bottom and it's close. We're hot. Have you ever played a game where it's like hotter, 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 burning hot, burning hot, burning hot? We're kind of we're not burning hot, but we're pretty hot right now. We're, We're we're. we're pretty hot. We, we we can we're toasty. We're toasty as it goes. You know we're very close to the bottom in my opinion as far as price. Again, not necessarily as far as time. I want to be very specific on that. Bitcoin was very close to its bottom as far as price was concerned on June the first when it was trading at thirty four thousand. It only needed to go five thousand dollars to the downside. It took two months. I'm not saying the bottom is in yet as far as time. I do think we're very close as far as price, and I think the fundamentals support that. So if you're looking to buy Bitcoin, I think now is a decent time. But of course, I am not your financial advisor. You definitely get one though they are pretty helpful with that said i do want to go ahead and read a couple of articles here that are very very interesting Kelly found this. Crypto attracts more money in 2021 than all previous years combined. Let's go ahead and read this. Venture capital funds uh, have poured about $30 billion into crypto or more than in all previous years combined for a little more than a decade for little for the little more than a decade old technology. That's almost quadruple the previous high of around $8 billion invested in 2018 or the year following. Bitcoin's more than 1300 percent get breakthrough gain, according to transactions. Data compiled by Pitch Book Data. More money on the institutional level has come into cryptocurrency uh, and from funds has come into cryptocurrency in the last 12 months during the year of 2021 than we have ever seen in the history of Bitcoin. What does that tell you? That tells you that the smart money has finally come around. That tells you something very important about something called the S curve of adoption. If you've ever seen this, go to full screen so I can pull this up really quickly, Smay. I want to show them. Exactly what I'm talking about here. When you go through an S-curve of adoption, let's see here. Where can I find a good example of this? Uh, This one right here. Yes, come to my screen really quickly and let's see if this will show up. It's over on Introspective. This graphic right here will show you what we're looking at. This is not the perfect graphic, but it'll work. So the fact is, whenever you go through something called an S-curve of adoption, it follows a distribution. Once you hit about 13.5% market penetration, that's where about 13.5% of the target market is using the technology, not necessarily the company, but the technology, that's when an inflection point is hit. You can see an inflection point is shown here. An inflection point is when things just start going crazy. That's a point of change. When you hit about 13.5%, is when things start popping off and when the, the the more conservative money starts to enter the space. In that first 13.5%, it's normally the crazies that are the ones investing in it. It's normally the insane people. It's normally the people like my brother in 3D printing. 3D printing has not hit it, that inflection point yet. My brother has been 3D printing for five years. He's one of the crazy guys who got into 3D printing, the first 1% of people that ever will. He was one of the early adopters. In fact, even before early adopters, there's a phase called the innovators. He was an innovator in that. Myself and Kelly have been in the crypto currency space long enough, that I would say we were in that innovator stage. And now we're in that early adoption phase. We are getting very rapidly to a point where we're approaching five, six, seven, eight, ten 10%. We're getting close to that 13.5% inflection point. And once we do, we're going to moonshot. Why does this tie into the amount of people of uh, the amount of funds entering the space? Funds are conservative by nature. When you're dealing with $50 million, you don't need to go in 100 exit because you've already got $50 million. You're okay to get 12% a year and make $6 bucks a year on that return. You're okay to do that because it's $6 million. The, the people that have that much money are, are they've already made the majority of the money they're ever going to make when the funds start getting in when the big money starts getting in that's how you know that you're getting close to that inflection point think about it for a second in technology how hard is it for a new technology to get investment when nobody's using it when there's no proven market for it it's incredibly difficult fast forward five years and the public is starting to use it hundreds of billions of dollars flow into it we've seen this happen dozens of times we saw it happen with cell phones railroads indoor plumbing electricity internet automobiles, planes, trains, uh, cargo shipping, anything, you name any modern technology and it went through this exact same S curve and Bitcoin is there right now. And then in the next 24 months, we're going to pass it and you're going to see a million dollar Bitcoin this year, this decade. I firmly believe that. And when it starts going, it's going to go fast. And that's why you need to be here today, learning how this space works so that you're prepared for it, because it's not far away. It was a long way away five years ago. It's getting close and you don't want to miss it. So make sure you're paying close attention to cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. You're going to be sad if you miss it. Now, I also want to read this. It's pretty funny. Kelly posted this. This I've seen this exact uh, tweet over the last four years, and it keeps updating. Uh, 2010, no one uses it uh, as far as Bitcoin's concerned. 2012, only computer nerds use it. This is what I'm talking about. Those are those innovators. Only not going to say it on YouTube use it. Uh, only not going to say on YouTube uses it. 2017, only gamblers use it. 2019, only a small percentage of the population uses it. Notice, notice the wording there. It's starting to get into, out of that innovator phase of, you know, the computer nerds into that early adopter phase. We're talking from 2% to 13.5%. Only a small percentage of people use it. Only a small number of companies use it. We're starting to get to the middle part of that, uh, uh, of that early adopter stage. Probably around three, four, five percent in 2020, 2021. Only small countries use it. Now we're getting into the latter half of that uh, early adopter phase. And what's next? What's next is that inflection point I just told you about. Guys, the future for Bitcoin is ridiculously bright. And Tim, I want to read you a statistic and I want to hear what you thought. Actually, Kelly, I'm going to read you this statistic because you're the one that pulled it up and I want you to elaborate on it. 83% of millionaire millennials, I believe it was, are invested in cryptocurrency. What do you have to say about that?
4: I mean, I think it's, it's you know, part of the evolution and growth of uh, populations in any regard where it's like you have a bit of a changing of the guard. I think the the youth, uh, you know, I, I, it's funny, I'm 37, I still I still feel like I'm 22, I, I'm just getting to realize that I'm, I'm already kind of in the lower part of the middle age portion, but youth, even people younger than I am, you know, in their 20s and uh, early 30s, they're going to be a lot more, uh, their risk matrix is going to be a lot more open, they're going to be a lot more are Prone uh, to be will- willing to invest in something uh, that is a new asset like this, but in addition to that, this is, I mean, a hundred percent without any equivocation, technology-based because it's developed, you know, on the blockchain. So I think, by nature of uh, all those things, it being a risky, still considered a risky as- uh, asset, as well as being a technology-based thing, I think it's obvious to me that uh, the, the you know millennials and uh, the, the youth of our world are going to be. Uh, you know, growing into this and investing into this. But I think as these sort of stories come out and, you know, uh, grand uh, grandparents or nieces and nephews have, have their nie- uh, aunts and uncles have their nieces and nephews making millions of dollars or, you know, all of a sudden being able to retire at 30 or having huge investment portfolios. I think that's also one of the things that goes hand in hand with uh, when you think of like a, vi- a viral outbreak of, of something like uh, like when you have a viral, a viral technology technological uh, something just takes off, whether it be a meme or whatever it is, you know, it, it goes through this, you know, just quick expansion where early on, what, what do you call it? uh, uh the adoption curve the adoption where it's, curve. something seems like it's not moving at all and then it's just like absolute straight to, it's because it you know you just have this and I think I don't know there's just so much to this and my my brain is so clouded by how bullish I am on the market right now I can't even think
1: <laughs> it is very difficult but the thing that we that Kelly and I have both Found is that the better you are at containing those emotions, the better off you will be. And obviously, Kelly is very good at that. Uh, and He's done very well in crypto. And we're very glad to have him. Guys, make sure to go follow Kelly at Kelly Kellum over on Twitter. And make sure to follow me on Twitter as well. Guys, if you enjoyed today's show, smash that like button. Let's see if we can't, can't get to 2,000 likes before we wrap it out. We're going to read some Super Chats, though. I think well, do we have two minutes. We do have a couple left. I thought we had one. We have a very important one. There's a $5 donation
4: he's
2: in from, there. From the Marketing Man Shan again. The Marketing uh, Man Shan. He just has this community 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 needs to rally for Kim (laughs) to shave his head. Hashtag crypto bald. Hashtag
1: crypto bald. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah, Shannon is our chief marketing officer. I I agree with Shannon. I agree with Shannon. I I think you should shave your head. Viking.
4: I'm going to set up a GoFundMe. I'm going to set up a GoFundMe for a charity of your choice. And once it hits a certain level, you're going to have to go full
2: bald. Eyebrows, beard. I told you guys, head. I want to go. Well, not. No. Uh, all I'm talking
4: That's naked face. Ha- you're going to be naked face. Naked face Tim.
2: Naked face Tim. <laughs> That's Come on. Hashtag
1: naked
0: lot. face Tim. Let's do it. <laughs> no, no I, I think he needs the beard for sure. Um, I don't think. I think he, he, You don't need hair, though. Yeah. Well, yeah.
4: You're, you're, here's a critical question to to his brother. You knew him. Very, very pre-beard. So, you know, I'm pre-beard and post-beard. Would Which you say that, Would you say there's a, a huge dynamic shift in him, him as a person? Or did you think <laughs> the crypto stress has given him the beard? Or like, no, what would you stress. say? I don't think
2: you get a beard from stress. <laughs> no,
3: you get a white beard from stress. Lose I think Tim's beard is like the Bitcoin market. Closet. It started... Low and it just moved up as it got longer. So. Is his beard in a bull market? That's the down. question. Well, I, technically his went down, but I mean it went out and it grew. Grew. It Tim, grew exactly. That's Tim. Do you need to I'm do neck
1: saying. at the at at the gym because your beard's so heavy? It's like no. Awesome you know what I didn't neck? notice
2: the other day. So I was I went to do I I my because of my shoulder I haven't done hang cleans in months, but I did like the bar. I had to flip the bar up right, and the bar caught, <laughs> caught, the caught beard, beard. And, and I was like oh <laughs> gosh. So if I ever want to do like Olympic lifting again, I did a PR on deadlift yesterday. You know. Oh
4: I. I had a question I wanted to ask your brother also, since we yeah. have him here. We got a little, a bit of a window into the college minds of America. Yeah. Uh, Cause you're in school up in Rhode Island. Is that correct? Correct. So what, a, are there any discussions that happen just, uh, you know, even in the football, in the locker room or like just in class or, or is Bitcoin or crypto coming up much or what's, what's the sort of thoughts?
3: It's a good question. Yeah, That's a great question. Um, so about a year ago is when I got into crypto. Um, and I remember I brought it up in the locker room and a year ago, guys on my team were constantly saying, "What is that? That's like you can't even hold it." Like they didn't know what it was. Now, um, a lot of people are talking about it, and the big thing, especially in millennials or in my college, um, NFTs are, are huge. Oh yeah, and yeah. And that's yeah. that's what everybody loves because you know Kanye West, he made it he made it big, and Kevin Hart's getting into it, and Melania Trump. Just yeah, they just want to own um, these great pieces of art, so. Yeah, that that's what I see is, is growing massively, and and at
1: least in my college. And um, that's my point with the S curve of adoption, guys. What does it like for somebody so, for somebody to become a <clears throat> Let's run it back for somebody to become a crypto millionaire. What do they need to do? They need to have traded and invested in crypto for probably at least a year, if they know if the, unless they just poured a million bucks into it and didn't know what they, they were doing. Sell the bottom and not sell the bottom. <laughs> so let's run it back from that. If they if they had to trade and invest in crypto for a let's say at least a year to become a crypto millionaire, and they had to first make a first trade in crypto. Before they did that, they first had to hear about crypto. That uh, that that awareness, that brand awareness, even in marketing, you can ask marketing man Shan. The number one thing that you have to do, at the top of the funnel in any marketing campaign, is you gotta get people to know your name. You're never gonna buy an Apple product if you've never heard of the company Apple. You have to make sure that people know what it is. What he just said is huge. Pause, guys. A year ago, probably 10% of people my age, 21, 22, 23, knew what Bitcoin cryptocurrency was. Now, I'd say over half of them do. That is a major statistic. So, what do we do with that? We need to zoom out and make sure we remember that the last year has been kind of some sideways movement. But a year ago, two years ago, Bitcoin was trading at eight or ten, twelve thousand dollars. We've done very well. And in that time, we've also laid the foundation and hundreds of millions of people this year have heard the word Bitcoin or Ethereum or crypto for the first time. That's the first step. The next step, and it might take a year, might take two years, might take three years, is for them to join cryptocurrency, buy their first Bitcoin, buy their first NFT, open their first, um, you know, uh MetaMask. That takes time, but we've started the process with, I would say, probably about 10 to 15 million people a year ago. It's going to take time, but it's going to get there. It's the reason I don't think that we're going to see the bear market start in three months because there's so many people that are maturing in crypto that are putting so much money into crypto. I think 2022 is going to be maybe not as bullish as 2021 was, but I think it's going to be very, very bullish indeed. Do we have any further super chats to read before we wrap it out? I think someone asked uh,
2: what your ADA price prediction would be. Striker two zero nine nine.
1: My price prediction for the short term is a dollar and 10 cents. Long term, I think it's going to 10 bucks. I can't tell you. What, that's what's
2: gonna, your reason for 110? Just do you think it's going to 110? I don't
1: think Bitcoin and Ethereum are done, and because they're not done, and Cardano was already dropping during an uptrend on Ethereum and Cardano and Bitcoin, that is probably going to drop and break below a dollar and twenty cents. One of the reasons I think it's going to drop and break below a dollar and twenty cents is because there's a descending triangle pattern that's going to push to the downside. We're losing volatility, and also we've tested a dollar and twenty cents as support about eight times. And generally speaking, the more often you test a support level, the more likely it is to break.
2: Those are all solid reasons. I, I just disagree.
1: <laughs> I think we're going to go up. Uh, I love it. I love when we disagree, Yeah, Tim. so we'll I,
2: see. I, and it is, it is really a moment when you're looking at the charts. Uh, I mean, I think I broke it down earlier. There's a reason to, to suspect exactly what Jeb's doing. Okay. At the end of the day, uh, if I'm wrong, that's okay. I'm not going to go mope. I'm going to go buy the dip because, you know, Ooh, trip. Buy gonna the dip. going to make money. But I, I think there's still a lot of support, even fundamentally, of what the project is doing right now, and I know people are gonna hate on Charles Hopkins. That I've seen even in chat, people calling names. Do not sleep on the projects that they're working on. Do yep. not sleep on that whole team's intelligence and how they don't do anything. They don't do anything prematurely before they really like what they've got. And,
1: and by the way, the thing you guys got to remember about Cardano, a lot of the layer twos on Cardano right now are worth. 20 to $30, $40 million because they're not really active yet. The Layer 2s built on Ethereum, a lot of them are worth $50 billion. If Cardano goes the way of Ethereum in the next three years, you could see 100x on a lot of these projects like an eight I'm probably going to invest quite a bit of money in x and some of the other Layer 2s on top of Cardano because I firmly believe in its ability to be foundational. It is not even up and running fully yet, and it's already ahead of Avalanche. It has one of the best, strongest, most loyal communities in the entire crypto space, and they are buying the crap out of this debt. And I do think when Cardano blows up, it's going to blow up big. And Cardano, the project, and especially its Layer Twos and its Dexes and everything on top mm-hmm. of it, are going to do exceptionally so, well. So
2: we agree in like months from now. We just disagree on like the next couple
1: of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I sense. totally agree. I think the next six months for Bit for Cardano are going to be remarkable. I think you're going to make a lot of money in it. With that said, guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, hit that like button. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter at Crypto Jeb. You can follow all of these fine gentlemen as well at Ta Tim for Tim, at Thicky Smay for Smay, at Kelly Kellum for Kelly. You guys are more than welcome to put those in the chat. And uh, Caleb, I don't know if you have a Twitter for people to follow, but uh, make, make sure to check out Caleb because he'll probably be on the stream again tomorrow and over the next couple of days. We shall see. But guys, also make sure to check out some of our sponsors down below. Lux Algo is one of the sponsors of our channel, and they do have a lifetime membership going on right now. You saw us do quite a bit of technical analysis using Lux Algo today. It is exceptional. We use it every single day in our research and our analysis. Whether we were affiliated with them or not, we would be using it as one of our primary technical indicators. I absolutely love the project. I love the indicator package. And if you sign up down below, you'll be getting access to a lifetime deal that is only going to be going for another week or so. So make sure you check that out. I think about a week and a half. Things going to New Year's. So make sure you get that. You can use coupon code JEB, JEBB to get twenty percent off at checkout, or you can go ahead and sign up for the monthly. You can also sign up for Trading View down below. If you sign up for Trading View down below, you're also going to be helping to support the channel as well. Well, you need TradingView Premium to go with Lux Algo. So, if you haven't gotten TradingView Premium, or even if you already have, if you use our link, you will be helping to support the channel as well. Because we do have a very large team at this point, and we're continuing to grow. Because we want to keep bringing you high-quality educational, informational content—not teaching you what to think, but more importantly, how to think, so that you guys can go and be successful in crypto. I don't think there's hardly any value in me telling you go invest in this project. That's why I, generally speaking, don't do that. I say it might be a good idea, but what I will tell you is the mindset, the philosophies, and the places that you need to go and study so that you can make those decisions on your own because you need to be self-sufficient. In the words of my dad, never let somebody else do your thinking for you. I don't want to be that guy. Before I go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace.
0: Oh, I got a real we hope day. you enjoyed listening to the Coffee and Crypto yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Tune in every day at 930 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Yeah. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoDebt. And lastly, we want
2: to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.